Growing a successful business is already as challenging as it is, but this next guest knows what a challenge it is to grow one with ADHD. And this is the reason why I felt so compelled to bring her on the show so she can share with you how she went from being a social worker to six-figure business strategist with ADHD. And I feel like so many women could relate to her story and how she really brought her business and really added new multiple income streams of income, all while hacking her way through that journey and navigating the challenges that ADHD brings. And in this episode, she gives you so many great hacks that you can implement today to make your business journey more enjoyable, more sustainable, and more fun. So without further ado, please welcome Nicola Loya. Welcome to the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Patricia Bourgeois, Certified Business Coach. I am here to help you up-level generate consistent wealth, increase your confidence, attract dream clients, and master your mindset so that you can fully own your power and achieve next level results in your online business and beyond. Every week, a powerful conversation will take place with amazing guests, or I'll share from my experience to help inspire you to start and scale the business of your dreams while being powerfully you. The time has come to stop playing small, stop hiding, and stop waiting. Now is the perfect time for you to passionately pursue your heart's desire as the powerful leader you were born to be. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Nicole. Hey, girl. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Thank you for coming on the show. So feel free to take us on the journey with you and share with us who you are, what you do, and what got you into what it is that you do. Yeah, so I actually am a business strategist, primarily for women um, service providers who are really good at the services they do and working with their clients, but struggle around the business side of things. So they don't really have any systems or processes set up. They tend to get over overworked and burnt out because, you know, initially they're really gung-ho about getting one-to-one clients and then all of a sudden they're tired and exhausted and they never get to spend time on the boss side of business. Um, And I help them really clean things up and also start to add in new income streams so that they can cut back on so many client hours. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I feel like the more the merrier, right? (laughs) (laughs) So where would someone start to like add more income streams? Yeah, well, I did it myself. Um, I got my master's in social work and, Mm -hmm. you know, worked for a few years and then started a private practice 
And truthfully, you know, at first I was just like one-to-one clients. That's it. Like, I don't want Mm. groups. I don't, you know, want anything else. And this was like 10 years ago before online (laughs) was really a big thing, Um, different services and stuff like that. So I know that I just got in that position myself where I was like, oh my gosh, like how Mm. the heck am I going to keep this up? Right? Like it was like constant, you know, you finish a client and then you're worried where the next one comes from. Mm. So if people find themselves in that position, you know, my clients tend to be either a little bit in the earlier stages where they have a business and have some clients and are like, oh my God, what's next? Or they're in the place where they have a lot of clients, they have pretty steady income, but again, there's just no breathing space. There's a lot of anxiety and there's also, you know, they start to feel like they want to be creative again. Um, So it really is starting to look at your assets in your business, like your level of visibility, your audience size, um, and seeing what what your clients' needs are, um, and really starting to look at different ways that you could support more people at one time. Mm, yes, I love that. Really diversifying, you know, how you can get paid and make more impact and change more lives. That's awesome for sure. Um, and I also know that you, like you said, you started as a social worker and then you also noticed that, you know, you were diagnosed with ADHD. Can you tell us more about that journey as well? Yeah. I mean, I think that honestly, um, I did realize that, you know, Mm -hmm. many years ago as a social worker and like mental health was my um, specialty, like the clinical Mm -hmm. track of social work and counseling people and doing diagnoses for others. You know, I definitely always noticed that I had short attention span and I got bored easily and I had struggles with things that were very like monotonous or boring. So I think that was kind of what happened when I started my private practice. I had left the nine to five world years before and done a lot of different kinds of projects and work as a social worker. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of freelanced and had a part-time job at the same time um, doing meeting planning uh, in the field at a nonprofit um, who did continuing education for medical professionals. So I really got to be involved in a lot of projects. And then Mm -hmm. when I created my business, it was all focused on doing one thing and the same Mm. thing over and over. So I really did struggle and you know, at first it was good. It was exciting. But then when I started to master it a little bit, it became boring. You know, again, I struggled with a lot of the admin side of things, the consistency piece, and I just knew others were struggling with the same thing. So I really Mm -hmm. had to start looking at making my income different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did get diagnosed later on and got medication and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But for a long time, it really was just kind of me hacking my own way through it Mm, yeah so how important would you say it is to get that validation as a business owner well I think it's important I think especially for females it's important Mm -hmm. because um you know, when we, when I was growing up, it was really more about hyperactivity in Mm -hmm. in guys that was diagnosed and Mm -hmm. paid attention to you. And, you know, I've struggled with things like anxiety and depression, but I think, you know, that just masked the ADHD or it was looked at that way. So Mm -hmm. we think to really 
clear my brain and, you know, just get out of the brain fog a bit and also Mm. really start to appreciate that, you know, I wasn't going to necessarily be able to change all of those behaviors that are sometimes seen as like Mm -hmm. shortcomings, right? Like I just Mm -hmm. kind of have to find other things that work for me or do things a little differently. So I think it is important in that sense of, you know, acceptance and not trying to make systems work that are never going to work for me. Mm. So how do you know which systems actually work for you? Well, it's the ones that, you know, click with you and start to, Mm -hmm. you could like kind of stick to for a bit or are a little easier. But I think also part of it is that I start to outgrow them or they don't work as well because I just adjust Mm. to them and I don't notice them. So then I kind of shift into new things. So I think it's, you know, for those who are like, well, I was doing it and it worked, you know, it's also okay if things stop working for you. Yeah, I love that you said that because I feel like when we start doing something and then we're just familiar and comfortable with it but sometimes it's like it's really like you can move on like you can do something new something fresh that will also help you as well so it's really like focusing on like that growth mindset as well I think yeah and I think it's also just setting you know it's very draining to have ADHD or to be a business Mm -hmm. owner even without ADHD you know we're handling much we're making so many decisions so I also think it's just like about finding hacks and getting support in the areas you know in the other areas you know Mm -hmm. so we can give our best attention to our business and our work and other things that interest us so areas that we have struggles in you know Mm -hmm. like I really like a clean house, but I can't clean to my own standards because I get bored, (laughs) you know, like, or I like, you know, organization and things to be set up because otherwise I just really lose a lot of energy if I can't find something, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So, you know, just even little things that save me a lot of energy, like, you know, having computer charges in multiple areas where I sit, having one in my bag so I could take it to the co-working space. And it's one less thing for me to have to search for or look when I could walk out the door. Like little hacks like that are really great to set up for yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love those hacks for sure. And yeah, I also know that you talk a lot about like growing a business without a safety net as well and I'm curious to know like what would you say like what what would you give as an advice to someone who like started their business and they just rip off the band-aid and they don't have any safety net what would you tell them yeah I mean that's really hard for me because I haven't had a safety net you know I'm I'm a single person in an expensive area you know have to pay for my own health insurance and you know, that's been for all of my business 10 years. But I think it's kind of giving yourself permission, very similar to, you know, getting permission to, you know, buy extra computer charges, even though it seems wasteful or stuff like that. (laughs) It's the same thing. Like, where can you get that support? And my support, unfortunately, I might have to pay for more support than other people who have help at home or have someone to make dinner. It might mean paying for more dinners out or getting a clean, you know, having a cleaning person, having really good, solid admin support in my business, maybe then someone else who doesn't waste as much energy or doesn't lose focus the same way or things like that. So it might just mean investing in that for yourself and working that into your business income goals rather than trying to find ways around paying for that or feeling guilty or like, 
shamed for needing different support when you see other people. And also knowing like you don't see what other people get behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that because I felt that pressure when I first started to like just invest in like business growth and business mindset Mm -hmm. and business strategies. But you also got to think about you and what will make your life easier and save you time and headache and potentially burnout. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think being realistic, like with your income and, you know, again, like not thinking that other people don't have support just because Mm. you don't see it or they're not talking about a specific area of it. Mm, yeah so yeah it's so important to be transparent right when we're growing and sharing our stories about what actually helps us in the behind the scenes <laughs> yeah exactly I mean I think it's just like you know a lot of people follow mom bloggers yeah. and you don't see the nannies and stuff right like you just see them with four kids doing everything <laughs> but they have nannies and they have night nurses when they first have kids and maybe mm. they make a mention of it once in a while but that person is there every day doing the yeah. a bulk of supporting them yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love this conversation so much. I feel like <laughs> like having that that awareness is so key to our growth. And so I ask this to everyone who comes on the show, and I'm curious to know your answer. For you, what does it mean to be a powerful leader? I mean, for me, and this is the feedback of also what I get from my audience, because I think sometimes, you know, it's not what we know we do, but it's like Mm -hmm. what others tell us is, you know, I was just on a call with one of my new clients the other day, and she was just like, thank you for so being so honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like, it's sort of like those people who don't share the systems or set up like they're like, I have passive income, but they really don't because they're doing so much work behind the scenes, or they have, you know, a second income, so they could spend more on ads Mm. or growth or other support that maybe someone else can't, right? Maybe they left a corporate job where they have like a big savings. I didn't as a social worker. (laughs) I had a big, uh, I had big school debt, grad school debt. But I think, um, you know, so just being like transparent and honest and, you know, not, you know, not covering up that like, we don't like aspects of business too. You know, like Mm. there's things I still don't like. There's things that still become a problem for me. Mm. You know, um, you like, just like I said, things work and they don't like, it's kind of the same thing with business. Like I might like something for a while and then I'm over it. And then I might like it again, two years down the road. You just really don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the same way. And it's okay to change your mind too. And it's okay to take breaks as well. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, you know, that is the piece, like just being honest about it so that, you know, people who don't connect with it, um, you know, that's okay. Like not making yourself into a chameleon to be liked by everyone or get every sale. Mm, yeah. And I also like what you said about the passive income. Like, like how hard would you say it is to like set up a totally passive hands off uh, income? Well, that's not real. (laughs) So first of all, all, that's not real. But because I do talk about multiple income streams, I do get a lot of people who like in the console are like not even making consistent income to support themselves yet and are like, Mm. I want something passive. Mm. And I think it is because um, one, of course, we want a dream, right? Like, Mm. of course, that sounds amazing. Um, but also I think because there are leaders out there, you know, 
twisting things or only telling certain aspects of what's mm. going on. Um, or we block out certain aspects and don't give credit to like every little thing that person has. And we only look at certain things and, you know, think it's a lot easier than it is or a lot more realistic. But I really think the only type of passive income like is investments. But like you mm. still kind of have to keep your eye on it. Yeah. Um, and that's also dependent on the economy a bit. So I think for sure things like that are passive. But I think when it comes to business, uh, you know, I think people grow teams because they think they're passive and they're not, you know, you have to manage mm. a team, you have to support them, you have to market them. So I think it's more rather than looking at for passive income, it's looking for, you know, leveraged income. How can we help more people, um, you know, and make more money without having to see so many one-to-one clients. And then I mm. think it's also, um, just knowing that there's always going to be work involved. So I think what, tends to feel more passive are things that you enjoy in that moment. Mm, I love that. Yeah. If you enjoy it and you have fun with it, it's going to be so easy to be like consistent with it as well. Yes, exactly. And that's what grows more income. Yeah. Ugh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So do you have, you know, any last piece of wisdom that you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, I mean, I think that be willing to experiment and not write things off. I think that's something that's really hard for me is like, mm. I don't like to experience like I don't like to experiment or I don't want to go to things I don't know, like I really avoided groups in the beginning. Mm. Um, but I think like, it's okay to be willing. I think that is part of being a strong, you know, business owner and leader is like not making decisions about things we haven't tried, like, mm. they're completely out like things that I like for visibility or things that I never thought I would. Um, and things that I still recommend to do are things that I don't necessarily do the best or not good at or do consistently because I have other things that I've been able to grow, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I had to do a lot of the same stuff in the beginning. Like what works yeah. works, you know? It kind of yeah. sucks, but it's yeah. true. <laughs> not always what we want to work works. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You gotta get like you know, you gotta find a way to make it enjoyable because everyone needs to do the AKA board. Yeah. <laughs> and so many times my clients are like, oh my God, this really works. I'm so mad at you. I know I didn't believe you, but it really does work. And they sometimes enjoy it. And a lot of times they're enjoying it even more than I enjoy certain aspects of things, you know, and I enjoy things they don't. So I also don't believe um, mm -hmm. in like making everyone do what I do. Yeah, it's really about helping them find their own path and their own way of doing things and what really works for them and their energy for sure. And yeah, and what they're able to do in that moment. Like if you don't have an audience, email marketing just isn't gonna like bring in the sales. You can't rely on that, right? If you mm -hmm. haven't nurtured them or mm -hmm. grown any like online audience, like it's still gonna be like people who you know you know yeah. so it doesn't mean it won't work in the future but it's not something that's going to be reliable just because i feel it that way and i think that's important as a leader too is really thinking about like where your clients are at right like yeah. they can't some of what i have right now it's 10 years in if they're one year in they don't have the same things you know mm, yeah like for every level there's different things that come up and different mindset things and strategy things to look at and work on 
at every level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's the old stuff that comes up again yeah. <laughs> that we thought we'd be, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure people want to know like where they can go to connect with you, find you, learn more about your services or your freebies. So let us know where they can go. Yeah, I recommend, you know, if you're just looking to get more organized and really be aware of like how you're going to bring in income and how you can add in new income streams and what's involved with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the best thing is to download my consistent income generator toolkit, which really takes you through setting a strong income goal, whether you're newer in business or further along with different income streams. Um, and you can download that at Nicole LaLoya. N-I-C-O-L-E-L-I-L-O-I-A.com backslash C-I-G. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so awesome to meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. If you love this episode, make sure to spread the message, leave a review and subscribe. I would forever be grateful for you. I also want to hear from you and I want to know your feedback and your questions for future episodes. So don't be shy, say hi and send me a message at Powerful Female Leaders Podcast on Instagram. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.